By this act, you have indicated that your confidence in him to be the shepherd of this parish. So I charge you to receive the word of God through him in all meekness and love. Undergird him with your prayers. Assist and encourage him in the labors which will be his in the service of God. Remember always that he is God's servant and that you as God's stewards are to supply his needs in a way that will be pleasing to God and an honor to your congregation. In all things, show him your love. Esteem him highly for his calling as your pastor and accept him as your spiritual leader. If these are your intentions, please support him in the continuing ministry of this church by standing, if you are able, and responding to the following questions. All right, let's go. Hope Covenant, will you receive Paul Thompson to be your pastor, recognizing his place in spiritual leadership and receiving the word of God through him? If this is your promise, answer, I will. Will you do your full part to supply his needs in a way that will be pleasing to God? And will you encourage him and share with him in the work of Christ in this church if this is your promise? Answer, I will. will. Awesome. You may be seated. I'm going to ask Paul to come forward at this time, and I'm going to ask his wife to accompany him. His wife, Mary. Dear brother in Christ, hear the word of God as directed to ministers of the church of Jesus Christ. Acts 20, verse 28 says this, Take heed to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you a guardian to feed the church of the Lord, which he obtained with his own blood. God, by his Holy Spirit, calls men and women to serve him and his church according to the gifts that he has given them. We read in the scriptures, and these were his gifts, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip God's people for work in his service to the building up of the body of Christ. Under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you have been called by this congregation to the office of pastor. God and this congregation have committed the shepherding of this flock to you, and you are admonished by God to be urgent in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, and exhort, be unfailing in patience and in teaching. In all sincerity, preach the word, administer the sacraments in accordance with the scriptures, comfort and counsel the sick, the sorrowing, and the troubled, and instruct all to live up to their calling in Christ Jesus. Are you willing to assume this responsibility in the strength that God has given you? If so, answer, by the grace of God, I am. By the grace of God, I am. In assuming your responsibility as the pastor of this congregation, will you reaffirm your loyalty to the Evangelical Covenant Church of America and promise to support its work and the work of the Pacific Southwest Conference? If so, answer, by the grace of God, I will. By the grace of God, I will. Awesome. This time I'd like to invite uh, the uh, elders and uh, any other uh, leaders that want to come up. We're going to lay hands on Pastor Paul and his wife and install them as your pastor.
If you would pray with me. Almighty God, in every age you have chosen servants to proclaim your word and lead your people. We give thanks for your servant, Paul Thompson, whom you have called to serve in this place. By your grace, enable him to use his gifts to do your work and fill him with your Holy Spirit so that he may have the mind of Christ and be your faithful servant as long as he lives. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, and by the authority of this congregation and the Pacific Southwest Conference, I now declare that Paul Thompson is duly installed as pastor of this congregation. Let us continue to pray that God may be pleased to sanctify with his heavenly blessing the relationship of pastor and people which has now been established in his name. And everybody said, yes, yes. amen. I want to begin by thanking everyone for their support over these last few months. Mary and I have felt the love and support of this congregation, and we look forward to many, many years of fruitful ministry together. I, although this has been a big change for us, I know it is also a big change for you as well. And for those who have gone before and have given so much for Hope Covenant Church, I thank God. For those who have given of their time and energies to build up the kingdom of God here in Chandler, Arizona, we are deeply grateful. And for the leadership of the church, especially going through the whole search process with uh, Stacy's leadership there, I thank you, and also for Gary Boydston's diligent leadership on the elders, I thank you and I thank God. So thank you for your prayers and support not only in the past, but also going forward. Some things are very different here in Arizona. Very different from Chicago, very different from Canada. I was putting up Christmas lights yesterday. I looked for a bush that doesn't have thorns. <laughs> you know, in Chicago, you actually have to, when you talk about Jesus having the crown of thorns, you actually have to explain what that is. Here, it's like... Everyone knows. <laughs> but no matter if you're in Chicago, if you're in Canada, no matter where you are, we have entered into a season of what is called Advent. The four weeks before the nativity, the birth of Jesus. The beginning of the church year starts with Advent as we look forward to the birth of Christ, the coming of the Messiah. And people all over the world have entered into this season. It is a season of hope, and so we're calling our series these four weeks, Hope for Hope this Advent. Hope for Hope this Advent. 
And whatever you need in your life, and whatever we need as a church, Jesus Christ will provide it for us. And our world is in desperate need of hope. He will provide it. And I hope that today you will be prepared to receive it. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. Our text for today is from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. If you do not have a Bible with you, when you come in, there's always Bibles available on the back. And if you don't have a Bible yourself, please take one of those Bibles with you. Um, they're there for you and for um, uh, those who don't have Bibles. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. It says there, In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judah, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea and Traconus, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As is written in the book of the word of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, The man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. Tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, What shall we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, Don't extort and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come. The thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, he, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. When our text for today 
details how John the Baptist fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy of one in the wilderness preparing the way for the Lord. And this text is relevant for us today as we also prepare ourselves to receive Christ. To receive Christ into our hearts and to allow him to rule in our lives. And so today I want us to do two things. Contrary to Pat's short sermon, which had three points, mine only has two. That's a joke, people. I want us to consider two things. First is, why does John tell people to repent? And why the wilderness? So why does John tell people to repent? Repent means to turn away from something and to turn towards something. To turn away from sin and to turn to God. Repentance, turning away from sin, removing the impurities in your life so that you can love God with an undivided heart. John said in verse 7, when the religious leaders were coming out, this wasn't uh, directed just to the, any people coming out, this was to the religious leaders. He said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves that you have any privilege because you are Jewish. Repent. And produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Turn from something and turn to something. Turn away from sin and turn to God. Get rid of the things in your life that keep you from God. And turn to God with your whole being. And so repent so your heart will be ready to see Jesus. Repent. So your heart will be ready to receive Jesus. Repent so your heart will be ready to serve Jesus. And repent so your heart will be ready to love Jesus. Repent, turn away from sin, turn to God. Interesting, and in the text there, the people ask, well, what should we do then? And so John gives them some practical examples. The first is, in verse 11, anyone who has two shirts, two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. And you think of the things that we were doing in this time of the year and the months before. We had the Navajo mission trip. We had one mission down in Mexico. We've collected for Matthew's Crossing. We collect for San Marcos. These are things that Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Then he said to the tax collectors, how many of you know a tax collector? Well, he says to them, what, what should we do? What would you say to a tax collector? Then there's some soldiers, and they ask, what should we do? And he said, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. So if we said to John the Baptist today, what should we do? And you are a worker at a company. Well, if you are working and you get paid for 40 hours, work 40 hours. Don't rip off the company. 
if you are the owner of the company, don't rip off your employees. Well, they're practical things. Practical part of repentance is stop doing something that's wrong and replace it with doing something that is good. Replace the wrong with a good. Do acts of love. Doing acts of love prepares your heart to receive Jesus and to see Jesus, to serve Jesus, and to love Jesus. Doing acts of love softens your heart. And so repentance is turning away from sin, but it's also turning to God. How do we turn to God? Well, the simple things are, read your Bible. Read your Bible more. Pray. Pray more. Fellowship with other believers. Nurture and care for one another. If you're not involved with a small group, get involved with a small group. Fellowship together. Encourage one another. How else do you turn to God? Forgive each other. That's pretty tough. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in Colossians chapter 3. I want to read for you what these words, um, great words that he gave. He's comparing the way we used to live and the way we should live. He says these words in Colossians chapter 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. So here's repent of. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things of these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off the old self and its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So those are things. Repent of the old. And then do what? As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since of members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So turn from the old nature and turn to Christ. Clothe yourself with all those virtues and above all put on love. 
So that's why John calls people to repentance. Turning away from sin, turning to God. But why the wilderness? Now, this in Chicago, I have to explain the wilderness. Here, you just drive down to Maricopa and then out to the wilderness. It is pretty simple. You, you guys understand what the wilderness is. And before you, we, we just drove to California to see my daughter. Um, my other daughter, Catherine, is here with her husband, Justin. They're here, and my grandkids are here. We're excited about that. Um, for Thanksgiving, we went to San Diego. And you know, before you drive down 8 and across Yuma, you fill up with gas. Because if you get stuck out there, you're stuck. Well, the wilderness, so you understand what the wilderness is. It is a place of harshness. It is a place, really, of death. Now, for John talking, I mean, in, in this context, Jerusalem and the Jordan River where John the Baptist is baptizing. It's about 17 miles. But the elevation drop is 3,400 feet. If you go to Israel and have the privilege of going there, you'll be at the lowest point on earth, 1,400 feet below sea level. Jerusalem gets rain. It never rains at the Jordan River. Well, very rarely rains. Jerusalem is a place of life. The wilderness is a place of death. It is a harsh and severe landscape where water is very scarce. And things don't grow there except if you're near a spring. This is the area where the Dead Sea is. And so the prophecy in Isaiah that was read as we were lighting the second advent candle is a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Another way to read that though is a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And people went out to the wilderness to repent and to be baptized. John calls people to a place of death to receive words of life. He calls people to a place of death. Why? Because we're supposed to go there to die to our sins in order to receive life. It's a place where you go to die for your sins and receive the gift of God in the waters of baptism. At the end of uh, these verses, in verse 18, it said, and with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed to them the good news. This is good news. Jesus is coming. Why is that good news? Because Jesus brings with him life. And Jesus came to put away sin in order to offer us eternal life. Christ has come to get rid of our sin in order to give us new life. And this is good news. It says Jesus comes with unquenchable fire. He's come to gather the wheat in and to get rid of the chaff. We are the wheat and the chaff is the sin in our lives that needs to be burnt up. And the question for us today is, have we repented? Have we turned away from the old Nature, have we turned away from our earthly nature? Have we turned away from sin and have we turned to God? 
The question for us to consider today is, to what do you need to die today? And what keeps Christ's new life from reigning in your heart? And so my encouragement is, repent. Repent. Turn away from sin. Turn to God. And in doing this, you will be able to see Jesus more clearly. You will be able to receive him with a grateful heart. You will be able to serve him. You will be able to love him. And not only will you be able to love God, you'll be able to love yourself. And you will be able to love others as well. Amen and amen. Let us pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to know of your love. To know of your love, your compassion, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are God who is still at work in your world today. And so we thank you, Lord. And we repent. We turn away from the things that entrap us and ensnare us and keep us from you. And we turn to you today, Lord. Draw us closer to yourself, we pray. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.